Welcome to the Sound Words Podcast, where it's our goal to help Christians love and live out God's Word. I'm Pastor Aaron Nicholson, and today we have a very special episode. This is our 50th episode of the Sound Words Podcast, and today I am sitting in between my two most favorite pastors in all the world. On my right, I have Pastor Gil Rue, and on my left, I have Pastor Jesse Randolph. Thank you for being here, man. Thank you. Good to be here. Glad you're here. Well, the goal for this episode is just to share a pastor's heart. The title of the episode is A Pastor's Heart for the Flock. And so, Dr. Gill, Pastor Gill, Pastor Jesse, I want to just uh, ask you questions about how you think of the flock, specifically at Indian Hills Community Church, how you pray for us, how you um, thank the Lord for us, and, and just what your desire is for the church going forward. And so I'll ask some questions. Some will be directed just to you, Pastor Gill, and some will be directed to you. That sound good? Sounds great. Great. Good. All right. So the first question, uh, Pastor Gill, please share just a little bit about how you came to Indian Hills and what made you say yes when the elders asked you to come on board? <laughs> well, it goes back many years. I guess once I got through seminary, I pastored for two and a half years while I was in seminary. And uh, that prepared me for wanting to be a pastor. I thought originally when I went to Bible college, I think I want to be an evangelist. And then when I went to seminary, I pastored a church for two and a half years, and that gave me an appreciation for teaching the Word on a regular basis. And so as I got near the end of my seminary, I thought, now how am I going to decide? And I prayed about it and said, Lord... I'll go the first place I get a 100% vote. So that began the process. And my Hebrew professor had been pastoring a church. He was ready to leave, so he had me come, but I didn't get a 100% vote. My homiletics professor had a church, and he said, now, don't be so particular. This is the best church, but I didn't get a 100% vote. Hmm. And then I moved back to New Jersey. I had been to seminary in Indiana, and uh, spoke at several churches. And finally, I came to Lincoln, Nebraska to speak. And there were 33 people who voted yes. That was by far the smallest uh, church that uh, I had the privilege of candidating at and speaking at. Interestingly, I also got a contact from a church 40 minutes from my parents in New Jersey that wanted me to come and speak. But I had lined up to come to Nebraska. So I said, I can't come as a candidate, but I'll come as a speaker. And if I don't go to Nebraska, then I'll come as a candidate. So I came to Nebraska, spoke. I had 30 people that were considered members who voted yes, and three people who they said they let vote because they attended regularly, even though they weren't members. Then I went back and I went and spoke at the church that was 40 minutes from my parents in New Jersey. And they had 350 people on Sunday morning and were, uh, was a good church, but I had already committed to come to Indian Hills because they voted hmm. yes. My parents were a little concerned. My dad was a supervisor at U.S. Steel, and he said, what are you going to do if that church doesn't make it? Well, I guess I'll go to, uh, go to uh McDonald's and wait and <laughs> find a church. So uh, that was the process that I went through that for me settled it. When I got all 33 people here, I just had to get a small enough group 
that uh, voted yes, that uh, we packed up and moved to Lincoln and stayed. Amazing. Amazing to see how the Lord worked through that. And how long have you been pastor of Indian Hills? Well, I was pastor almost 53 years before Pastor Jesse came. That's right. So last year, Pastor Jesse came on staff and you handed the baton off. So Pastor Jesse, same question then. What led you to the ministry here and what made you say yes when the elders asked you? Yeah, uh, there's some similarities, you know, finishing up seminary, getting my formal uh, seminary training done. Mine was on the West Coast. Gills was on the East Coast. We both converged in Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places. (laughs) Only the Lord knows how that all works. But what happened was, uh, having graduated, I was serving at that point already in an associate pastor role. There was just a real hunger and a desire to, to teach and preach weekly an affirmation of a, a gift to do so, a desire to lead and shepherd a flock uh, and to work with a team of elders to do so, and just a willingness in my family's life to look at opportunities out of the state of California, where I'm from originally. So we just sort of cast a wider net in looking for faithful churches, churches which had affirmed the word, upheld the word, taught the word, and been strong theologically. And when I uh, came across Indian Hills, it was actually on the Master's Seminary Alumni Job Board I saw this church, I saw, I learned of this man and his ministry and his just record of faithfulness. And uh, there was just this one little hitch, which was that it was in Lincoln, Nebraska, this place we had never (laughs) been and had never really heard of and not really thought a whole lot about. It wasn't that we had a negative perception. We just hadn't, didn't really have much of a perception at all. So um, got to candidate about a year and a half ago now. This gets to the, the yes part of it. And God just made it very evident during the, the, the candidating process on our side and also our, our initial visit here that this is where he was leading. Um, I applied to one church. I don't know that many people know that, but in the whole process of graduating seminary, evaluating options, considering where the Lord may lead us, I applied to one church. Mm. That church was Indian Hills. So there was never even a second church to look at. Once we started going down the track with the elders here, it was just clear. Yeah. Wow. And and what was your thought of, of just what the church was like and, and what was it based on um, that attracted you so much to it? I can't help but go back to the words faithfulness, just the legacy of faithfulness. I mean, there was a, just a comfort there knowing that the, the ship had been steered so faithfully for so many years that as a man that's looking, you know, to come into a, a situation like a new church like this, new church to me, knowing it's been so well taught for all those years is great comfort. Now, and frankly, it, it's a little intimidating for a guy that's just getting off the dock and, mm-hmm. and, and getting his own ministry going, knowing that there has been 52 years of faithfulness. But, but beyond that, there was just comfort knowing that the church has been well shepherded, well cared for, well taught, prayed over, uh, battle tested, but stronger for it. We were ready to leap in with both feet when we accepted the call and, uh, it's been a great first year. Amen. Well, Pastor Gill, through God's grace, thank you for for building, I guess, just a faithful church through the faithful preaching of the word. Um, it is the word that that shapes us. So, Amen. Amen. It is. Well, Pastor Gill, when you look back on your 52 years of ministry, uh, what were some of the highlights for you? And what were some of the difficulties? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you pick what you start with. <laughs> yeah, so I'll start with the, the good things. Okay. <laughs> I guess the positive was just when I came, I told people, I'll teach the word. And I need a commitment from you that that's what you'll accept. And we'll go where the word takes us. 
and uh, that'll be a process. And that helped shape my thinking. I remember the homiletics professor I had at Grace Seminary said, you cannot drive the sheep, you have to lead the sheep. And so sometimes it's frustrating because you got something and you think, this will be what we ought to do. But you have to bring the people along. And so, you know, the people have been great. The Lord works in hearts. He uses Bible teaching. Those were days when Bible teaching was, quote, the in thing. Uh, and so, you know, we benefited from that. So the response to the word was the key plus of everything. The negatives, they're going to always be. Now, we didn't have them for the first 10 or 15 years. But, you know, we went from a congregational kind of government to an elder government. We had 125 people leave over that. I thought, well, you know, and they were good people. They just thought that everybody ought to have the same vote. So some of those things, as you work through Scripture and you do your best to handle the Scripture, then you have to decide we have to, number one, be biblical. And that means at times there'll be negatives as well as positives. And that means sometimes there were more people pouring in, sometimes there's less people. And that's where, you know, when Pastor Jesse came, the same, the goal. The board was looking for a person who was committed to be biblical. And, uh, you know, that's been the, the positive and exciting thing about this stage of the ministry. As someone who's attended this church all my life, I can attest that I've seen that. I've seen you and the leadership say, we'll go where the word takes us. Yeah. And, and I love that statement. I think that's so important and valuable. And so, yeah, again, thank you for being faithful with that. Pastor Jesse, I know that is your mission as well. Looking ahead in the future, uh, what are you most excited about, about the future of Indian Hills and where the word will take us? Yeah, a few things come to mind. I mean, number one, we have this incredibly faithful core, a core of, of servant-hearted brothers and sisters in the Lord who love the Lord, who love his word, who love the church. And and any good leader, like Gil said, if you're if you're leading them, not not driving them, but leading them, has to get excited about that sort of team to work with. So I'm very excited about who the Lord already has here. I'm also very excited about who the Lord's bringing. We're seeing a lot of new visitors, uh, not a lot of new members of the church who are coming through various different means, um, whether it's word of mouth or the radio program now or social media, which you're working intently on, Aaron. Uh, so that's been neat to see the fruit of that. I'm actually excited about the fact, Gil kind of alluded to it, but I would say that early in his ministry, it, the, the word might have been more in season. We're in a season where the word is out of season, as Paul warned Timothy. But what's the command there? preach the word. It's the same command, no matter if the word is in season or out of season. I'm actually, maybe in a bizarre way, excited about the fact that the word is out of season because I think it's going to be, it's going to hit hearts in a new way to this new generation that is not biblically literate. So the gospel is going to have its impact no matter what, but we're going to have a whole crop of people in a, in a, in an upside down culture, we're in a truth starved world that are going to hear the gospel for the first time, even in our city which you would kind of assume, hey, we're in the Midwest, we're Lincoln, Nebraska, everybody's heard the gospel at some point. I don't think we can make that assumption anymore. And so I think getting the gospel out, preaching the word verse by verse, as Gil has been committed, as I'm committed to doing, is actually going to be quite transformational, if not revolutionary, in the lives and the hearts of many people in our community. So I'm excited to see who this new crop will end up being, how we can minister to them and shepherd them and lead them and build them up in the faith, 
and see what the Lord does through that work. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's very exciting. Pastor Gill, we're we're talking about a pastor's heart for the flock and just a question for you about just the way you think about our flock and the way you pray for our flock. How does a pastor love his flock? I think the foundational thing for a pastor who loves his flock is he's going to nourish and teach them. That was impressed upon me in my years at uh, preparation for the ministry. And then in my years here, I have a privilege that no one else does, and now Jesse has that same privilege, is to feed the people as a congregation week after week. And so number one, if I'm doing good things that people may appreciate, but I'm not getting ready and I'm not feeding the people, I'm really undermining the ministry, not building the ministry. So I think that emphasis on faithfully teaching the Word is key to everything. And that's what I think the people appreciate about Pastor Jesse, his commitment to teach the Word. There are other things, but those other things, they may be good and in and of themselves, they're not necessarily anything wrong with them. But if they undermine my time in the Word and my ability to communicate the Word, I'm weakening the ministry. So I think that's uh, foundational and key to everything. So. Yeah. Pastor Jesse, do you have any additional thoughts on, on that in your primary role and, and what is yeah. what it is? No doubt. I mean, the primary role, I'm, I was brought here to fill this role to teach the Word, just like Gil said. The, the elders in the search committee didn't bring me out here to have coffee with everybody, and they didn't bring me out here to have meetings with everybody. Uh, they brought me here to to feed the flock through the, the preaching of the Word of God, which is what I aim to do. That's that's job description number one. Gil just alluded to it, but also there's a there's a leadership component to be kind of the leader among leaders and and help set vision and cast vision and set direction for the overall direction of the church with with a team of of elders. God wires different men different ways, so there's a there's a choice that every pastor has to make. You know, once he's made sure he's set the time aside to preach and teach and study and get ready for Sunday. Uh, once he's made sure he's prepared for his elders meeting or, or stayed in touch with the various elders of the church, how he wants to fill the time beyond that. What makes me tick, frankly, beyond the preparation time is being with people. So I, I do enjoy getting with people and just hearing more about them and learning about them and ministering to them. I do think that is a way a pastor can yeah. effectively love his flock. Um, but yeah, it does start with his ministry of the word. It starts with prayer and praying for for people in the church, uh, not just in times of crisis and in times of, of need and suffering. I make it a practice to try to pray through some of our directory or our, our roster on a frequent basis. I think that's a way to to show love for the church. But those would stand out. So preaching the word, praying for the flock, and and getting personal time of of, of ministering to and just enjoying time with the flock. Part of that too, I think for me is, I'm the new guy, right? I wasn't raised here. I, didn't, I wasn't raised in this church, wasn't raised in this city. So part of it is just ingratiating ourselves as a family into the body here and getting time with different families and individuals to kind of even get to know them as we shepherd them or as I teach them. Yeah, that's awesome. So how can a, a Christian encourage their pastor? Pastor Gill, do you have thoughts on that? How can a Christian encourage or pray for their pastor? I guess the number one thing is they pray for him. And number two, recognize he's not going to be perfect. He's got weaknesses and strengths just like everybody else does. 
And, you know, instead of focusing on the weaknesses, I want to appreciate the strengths and decide how can I help compensate with the weakness. Maybe, you know, I've had people come and say, well, you don't do this or that. I said, well, is anybody doing it? No. That's when they well, get real quiet, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, hey, well, is anybody doing it? Well, no. Well, then you can do it better than that. And helping to draw the people in instead of focusing because I do have my weaknesses. And if you're focusing on my weaknesses, they just get larger. It's sort of like a marriage. You know, if you focus on your husband or wife's weaknesses, they just grow. And pretty soon you just can't stand it. Whereas if you look on their strengths, the weaknesses get smaller and smaller. And so I think, uh, you know, part of what we do is draw the body in. And uh, there's a variety of gifts in the body. And I want them to feel free and be encouraged to use their gifts. And I've had it just so many times over the years, the conversations, well, you can do it better than it's getting done because you see that it needs to get mm -hmm. done. We had a positive example of that. We had Brian Willett on our podcast not too long ago. He talked about how, hey, you know, we struggle with welcoming people. And so he created a hospitality team yeah. that still functions to this day. So I agree. It's neat to see people, Christians, uh, rise up and fill needs in the church and use their gifts for the glory of the Lord and service of others. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Jesse, other thoughts on how can a Christian encourage their pastor? Yeah, I would emphasize patience uh, because, <laughs> you know, like Gil said, we are we are mere men. And as mere men who hold this office and this role, it has its unique joys and blessings, but it also has its unique weights and responsibilities that just don't go away. And I know there's the common joke, you know, ha-ha, pastors only work on Sunday. But no, it, it follows you, your your whole uh, week, your whole month, and in Gil's case, your whole life. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, just being patient with those who are tending to your soul, teaching you, exhorting you, knowing it comes from a heart of love and a heart of uh, wanting to see our body conformed into a greater and greater degree into the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we'll make mistakes, we'll fumble, but it, it, we love you, and we want to serve you, we want to teach you, we want to build you up into, into Christ-likeness. So patience would be just kind of the virtue that I would uh, stress yeah. and emphasize. On a practical level, in terms of encouragement, I've shared with quite a few people that I, I'm grateful, you know, standing out on a, at the, in the South lobby on the way out the door when people say, hello, nice job, great to see you. And, that, and I don't want to minimize that at all. But I will say that the, the greatest feedback I ever hear is when somebody gives me something specific they learned from the text that morning and how it connects to their life, even if they want to take it a step further. I'm always very encouraged to hear that somebody was listening, that the, the spirit convicted or encouraged that person. And they have a specific example of it. So I'm not setting that down as a law for everybody to follow, but if you want to ask the question, what encourages me, it's when I've heard somebody in real time say, hey, when you said this about this passage, that really moved me or convicted me or challenged me. Yeah, that's helpful. That shows that you you think the word is what changes people. And that gives you the greatest joy, not a compliment, exactly. not yeah. like the way you sounded. Exactly. Or your illustration. It's yep. the word. So my next few questions are, uh, are, some of them are a little, you know, fun. Uh, others are just informative. Uh, these are rapid fire questions. So answer briefly, maybe two or three words. I is... can't answer in two or three words. <laughs> He's a preacher. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what am I thinking? We'll try. 
What's the last seminary you attended? I went to Grace Seminary, then I went to Fuller Seminary, then I went to the California Graduate School of Theology. Okay. How many seminaries did you go to, Pastor uh, Jesse? <laughs> I graduated from Master's Seminary, but I'm enrolled at Shepherd's Theological Seminary for my THM degree, but I have not yet taken a course. So I don't know where that places me there, but I'm on, okay. on the roster. I'll work on my questions. Okay. <laughs> Years married to your wife. And in uh, two weeks, it'll be 60. In two weeks. Wow. Really? Yeah. Praise Happy the Lord. Happy early anniversary. Thank you. Awesome. And we went together four years before that. Yeah. Oh, dated four years before that. Yeah. So. And I still got kicked out of Bible school for getting married. <laughs> <laughs> what did they know? It had been know? 60 years. They said, you have to be a senior. That's yeah. our rule. Yeah. Well, sounds like you made the right choice. Yep, I did. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Jesse? 13 years. 13. Pastor Gill, favorite theologian outside of the Bible? I would probably say Charles Ryrie. Charles Ryrie. Yes, he was the president of the Bible College the first year I went there. He is a scholar, but he writes for common, ordinary people. And I, uh, I appreciate that. Good answer. Not very concise. <laughs> Still a good answer. <laughs> Pastor Jesse? Mine also won't be concise. Oh, I'm no. going to go back a little bit in history. I really have enjoyed Lewis Sperry Schaefer, especially recently. Practically, my theology professor was Jim Mook from Master's Seminary, who had a profound influence upon me. So favorite actual in-the-flesh theologian, Mook. Favorite book theologian, Schaefer. Okay, good. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Coffee. You're not going to believe this, but at 402 Creamery, banana. Banana. Even a local... It's amazing. Recommendation. It's amazing. <laughs> I might okay. go there after this podcast. Good to know. <laughs> okay. Favorite book you've preached? Probably the book of Romans. Yeah. Uh, it's probably my, out of all the books, the favorite book, and that's one I'm doing again. Yes. Yeah. You're in it right now. Very yes. good. Okay. I have a relatively short list, so I'll say James. James. <laughs> yes. Um, something you accidentally broke at church, Pastor Gill. I think my answer would be not what I broke, but when they carpeted the church at the remodel, I made an issue and I sent everybody home that was carpeting because I said, that carpet won't work. <laughs> and then Don Gertzen said to me, I thought we weren't going to divide over the carpet. <laughs> and I said, call them back and tell them it'll be fine. Oh, wow. So you broke hearts. <laughs> yeah. That's what you broke. <laughs> wow. Okay. I haven't been here long enough to break anything that I know of, but my son broke his finger on a Sunday evening service a couple weeks ago. Okay. Okay. We'll go with that. Glad you didn't break it. Okay. Uh, favorite host of the Sound Words podcast? Should we say Just it together? Kidding. All right. No, no, no. That's okay. That was a joke. Um, okay. Now more on a, a serious uh, note. That was You did great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> on more of a serious note, what are you most thankful for uh, about Indian Hills? I guess just the open receptiveness to the teaching of the word, that they have just been always positive and encouraging mm -hmm. uh, that I teach the word. Yeah. Amen. I go back to the word faithfulness. It's a word that attracted me to this church when I was candidating. It's a word that has uh, sustained me in terms of being just motivated to stay in the saddle and to be diligent to study each and every week, knowing what a faithful legacy I'm following. Uh, so just faithfulness to the to the truth, faithfulness to the word. That's what we have stood for for over half a century. And that's, Lord willing, what we're going to be standing for for many more years to come. Yeah. Awesome. Amen. Well, thank you both for your faithfulness in preaching, uh, in your skill, and in the time. I know you both have poured and do pour 
uh, into your messages and your sermons to feed the flock. And you both see the word of God as truly the the thing that can change people. So I hope this has been an encouraging uh, episode for you, Sound Words listeners. Um, if you find our podcast helpful, please subscribe on YouTube, or you can share these episodes on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, we appreciate you listening today. Pastor Jesse, do you have any last words to close us? Well, again, Gil, thank you. Very grateful for you, your life, your ministry, and just the impact you've had, not only in our church, but on our community. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. And uh, the final word, of course, goes to God and his word in 2 Timothy 1.13, where he says, retain the standard of sound words, which you've heard from me in the faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening. <laughs>